Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Have you ever been told to exercise more? Do you know what types of activities can help you preserve your joints and which ones might just be too hard on your knees and hips? When is no pain, no gain really just insane? Well, we've got some answers for you. Casey Carlberg's in the studio. She's with Tri Fitness Hawaii. She's a certified personal trainer and Ironman athlete, ready to help all of us find the activity that works the best regardless of our health challenges. We'll be taking your calls in just a few minutes at 941-3689 on Oahu, toll free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. First in medical news, so you think you have the flu, you go to your doctor, you get your rapid flu test, and you're told it's negative. What's going on here? Well, you might just have a false negative test result and should be treated according to the Centers for Disease Control, regardless of what it says. Now, some isolates of influenza, particularly the one most prominent these days, the H1N1, that's being reported to the CDC, they're not showing up on the rapid testing of isolates. And this particular type of the flu virus is attacking the younger population of people, those who might just decide to write out the symptoms. Not such a good idea. The CDC's recommended that doctors treat based on a clinical assessment of influenza, not completely relying on the rapid test results. Now, next time you are at your doctor's office, check out the walls. In a small study published out of the journal, the American Medical Association just put out today, doctors who had a poster describing their intent to reduce the unnecessary prescribing of antibiotics had about a 20% lower rate of giving these medicines than those who did not have the poster available. It seems that patients who read the poster would be less likely to insist on the use of antibiotics if they understood why their symptoms might not match those that would require the medicine. This did not reduce the the use of necessary antibiotics, however. The long-term goal is to make sure that appropriate medicines are used when needed, but only restricted to those cases only. Exercise. We should all do it. Going to the gym more is in the top 10 most common New Year's resolutions, even doing exercise outdoors. But as you can see, if you ever try to park your car at one of the lots of the local gyms or trying to find a space at the park, boy, it's everybody's idea as well. But what about those of us who have health challenges? Diabetes, arthritis, osteoporosis. What can these conditions do that make certain types of exercise better than others? Our expert in all things fitness, Casey Carlberg's in the studio. She's going to share her recommendations that she makes to her clients and help all of us find a way to incorporate activity into our daily lives. You can join our conversation at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Casey, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you, Kathy. We've had you on before, and, you know, we've talked before about some particular events. There's some 5K events that you help organize. There's triathlons that you help organize. But one of the elements of what you do is personal training and group fitness type of environments. I'm curious. I know what my top five excuses are, and I know you could blow through all of them pretty quickly. (laughs) But what are some of the excuses that you hear from folks about why they're not doing activity regularly, whether it be walking or biking or anything? What are the most common excuses that you hear? Probably the number one excuse is... Yeah, okay, I'll take this one. Yeah, I just don't have the time. 
Okay. And the, uh, which, you know, we always find time to do the things that we want to do, but I think. What do you mean by that? (laughs) I hear you. Okay. So not having enough time. So top excuse would be, you know, I can't find the time because I'm busy at work. And in some cases, you know, people may have kids. I have to go pick up the kids. I have to go home. I have to cook dinner. I have to, I have to, I have to. How do you bust that excuse? Just blow it out of the water. Well, first of all, when I hear this excuse inside, I sort of have to laugh a little bit because... But don't laugh on the outside because (laughs) I think... I I don't know. I don't know how that would work. But okay. Sorry. But I have them explain to me what is it their day is like and how important is exercise and what, what will they get when they start to exercise and really get down to the bottom of why they feel they need to exercise. And that for many people to be healthy, to lose weight, to train for an event, I'm going to a wedding, you know, landmark uh, events in their life. So you find a motivation, something they want to do. Right. We find out really what it is that they want to do. And and so when you start exercising, how will your life change? How will you feel? And so we really get them to, I I really want them to see that, that it's possible. And when, when they can see that and they know that, okay, this is important to them, then we talk about their day and how it's structured and how much time they want to uh, give to their exercise and where, what that might look like. Can they get up a half hour early? Can they use half of their lunch hour? Can they go to the park before they go home? Can they negotiate with their spouse to look after the children while they go out and do whatever it is that they uh, want to do? So in most situations, do you find that people really do have the time if they make the time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So that's one of the excuses. I have no time. What's another popular excuse that you hear? I've probably said it, perhaps even to you. I'm sure to everybody else. What's another excuse that people say when, they, when you say, you have to do this, you have to do exercise? What's another, what's another thing? Body parts hurting, something like that? Yeah. I, I can't run because it's bad for my knees. Uh, I have a bad hip. My back always hurts. Uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, I've worked out and it's not given me any results. So they're really disappointed. They're, they know that, that it's important on some level that they just, you know, it's intangible because they've never really seen the results. So they just think, eh, you know, I just don't, it's all mystical and, and they just don't know what to do. So let's talk about some of those issues with joint aches and pains because, you know, one of the things that changes as we get older is our flexibility changes, but also our ability to do certain activities. You know, you might have said, hey, I used to run marathons when I was in my 20s, and now I don't feel like I can run marathons. I'm in my 40s or however old. And maybe that's not so good for my body. So if somebody has knee pain, for example, let's say they've been diagnosed with arthritis of the knee. What are some of the ways that they can incorporate activity? Maybe they love to be outdoors. What's something else they can do that could help them to feel better that isn't necessarily going to hurt their knees? Well, I think there are many things that I I would recommend for my clients. And first of all, I find out what was their activity prior to, you know, being injured or the discovery of their arthritis. And so when you, because we always think about what we did do and what we can do, and there's that mental part of it that I'm injured and I can't do the things that I want to do. So try to just let them know that there are things that they can do. What do they enjoy the most? And 
what they've been doing recently. So if you've really been diagnosed with arthritis, I say um, biking, anything that is non-impact. So you could even go walking. If you used to be a runner, you you could could be a walker. Yeah. You could even potentially be a treadmill kind of person if there's a little more shock absorption on the treadmill than there might be on asphalt. So there's ways that you could modify your activity. Absolutely, because, you know, they always remember what they could do, and it's like getting them to encourage them that there are things that they can do. So if they were a marathoner and they can now walk, they can aqua jog, the ocean is just, the water is just a perfect environment for that. If they haven't, if they're adventurous and they want to try something a little bit different, you know, cycling is certainly a, a wonderful way to get activity in with low impact for those joints. So what are, what are some of the other excuses that you hear? So we've, you mentioned that people don't have time, they're afraid they're injured, they have some difficulty, you know, medically or so, they, they feel like that that keeps them from, from doing the activity they want. What are some other reasons that people give you? Just Is there ever an issue with motivation? Absolutely. It's like, oh, no, I just can't do that. So they're just... I think I've said that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe my nemesis hill of Montserrat sometime in the past. Okay. So I just can't do it. Like almost like a mental block? Yeah. It's our vision of ourselves and what we're capable of is maybe quite different from what other people see us as. And then, for example, if we're looking at the Olympics and you were to say, oh, no, I could never do that or I could never, you know, do a triathlon or I could never, you know, X, Y, or Z, whatever whatever the activity. And what the goal is is to get them to realize that they absolutely can do those things. They might not become an Olympic athlete, but they can certainly participate in a local race. They can learn how to swim, bike, and run. I've I've worked with hundreds of women who initially when I saw them, they were just intimidated by the whole idea of of a triathlon, for example. And after you after we were able to break it down and show them, yes, they can swim and yes they can bike and yes they can run, we'll put it all together and, and just took them every step of the way. There was such incredible change in confidence in their vision of themselves and what they were, you know, really actually capable of doing. So one of the excuses might just be the inability to envision it, to say, I could actually do X, Y, or Z. I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to be a figure skater. I'm just going to throw that one off the table, (laughs) although I do like watching figure skating on Olympics. But you could go ahead and you could rollerblade. You don't have to go be an Olympic figure skater, you could, you know, go to the park and rollerblade if you knew how to stop or something like that. I mean, you should be able to envision it. Right. You want to, you know, you want to sort of develop a passion for it. You want to say, I can do it and accept where you're at. It's like, I have not, I skated with any level of competency, but I feel like I would like (laughs) to (laughs) learn to skate a little bit better. And as we get older, we shy away from learning new things or we get too busy in our lives to really take the time to learn something new. And when we do really learn something new, it opens all these neurological pathways in our brain. It expands our vision of who we are and what we are and other things that we're, that are out there and possibly to do. Well, and it's interesting because there's a lot of scientific studies to back up what you said. And one of the things is you can't grow more neurons. You're born with a certain number 
of neurons in your brain, and we have yet to figure out how to get you more of those. But you can grow an extraordinary amount and an unlimited amount of connections between the neurons. So if you're deciding you're going to go learn dodgeball, for example, you know, so you can actually grow connections in your brain between different nerves that help you to get better at grabbing a ball, catching it, throwing it, aiming at a target, etc. And those sorts of neurons, the ones that you're actually making those connections to other nerve cells, the more you get of those, the less likely you are to get dementia. They've actually shown learning a new sport, learning a new activity, learning a new language. They really are mind expanding. And, and, and it's an amazing thing to see. So you're absolutely right. More on the physical aspect of it, learning a new sport, learning a new activity. You don't have to go be a gold medal, whatever. You know, you could just go learn how to do something to your comfort level. So let's talk a little bit about some of the health challenges. We kind of briefly talked about knee problems, back pain. That's a real common one for a lot of people. They have back pain. They know that if they do certain activities, their back sorts, starts to bother them a bit, or maybe an hour or two later they feel it. What are some of the things that you can help people with if they have back pain, for example, and how they could not only learn how to do an activity to help them get stronger and resolve the pain, but also use that improved fitness level to do something even better that they never thought they could. So when somebody comes to you and says, I need to see you because I threw my back out, I want to make my back stronger, I want to be able to go biking long distance or go swimming or go running, how is it you approach something like that? Well, when people come in and they actually have aspirations beyond their current level of fitness and, and ailments, it makes it easier to go forward because they're the motivation they're, 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 they're the they're motivation is there, there. they're okay. already there and we take a look at you know what causes the back pain when it started and so forth and really sometimes that's just a function of weaker muscles so if we're in a job that we sit a lot we get really tight hip flexors if we're not sitting up straight then of course our posture compromises oh we become the slouchers okay exactly and that causes you know, pain on the back and imbalance. And when we have imbalance, our body tries to compensate. It's always searching for homeostasis, you know, the, the, the balance. And in doing so, it's very clever and it will do certain things to compensate, but then it might throw us out of balance. And then that will have ramifications when we try to do activity. So a lot of times when it's, when it's low back pain, if we can identify that it's, you know, just kind of a do some assessments and determine if it's just weakness in, you know, our abs or our low back. We need to stretch. We need to, there's so many modalities now. There's massage, there's Reiki, there's acupuncture. So those things are really helpful. A foam roller, which is really currently a, a, a wonderful device that we can use if you can't get a massage regularly, that will help kind of loosen the fascia so that we can, you know, loosen up the muscles that kind of hold stiff and cause some pain. So that's what all those people are doing at the Y, rolling on those rollers. Yes. I've been looking at them wondering, I'm like, it's like you're rolling on a rolling pin. I don't know why. <laughs> so that's actually supposed to help loosen up your back muscles, make you more flexible, but get rid of some of that tension in the back. Absolutely. And, and research has shown that fascial release can help people with migraine headaches, uh, significant you know, joint problems because associated with tight muscles that pull on the joint and so forth. So more and more research is coming out in uh, positive toward that type of uh, 
use of the foam roller. Well, and I think, you know, in general, when people see me for back pain in the office, I can offer you x-rays, maybe, if you need them. Um, You know, I can offer you anti-inflammatory medicines. I can offer you muscle relaxants and pain pills. I can't fix your back. I really do firmly believe that back pain is one of those conditions that hands-on treatment, whether it be with a foam roller, with with massage therapy, whatever sort of therapy that's hands-on. Some people go to chiropractors. They do fabulous. Mm -hmm. Because if there's something they can do physically to readjust what's out of alignment or out of balance, they're going to do a lot better than if I give them a bunch of ibuprofen. I mean, it's just I can give you pills. I can't fix you. So it's a very common problem that I see people with back pain, and I'm sure that you see people in the same circumstance. Does a lot of that have to do with core strength? People talk about the core. What is the core, and why must it be strong? <laughs> well, certainly what you would, like, for example, you identify the back pain, you want to strengthen the body to help support this new structure that you've uh, discovered. And your painkillers are going to help you alleviate some of that inflammation that will help you uh, work out more and help you to establish those strong core muscles. Now, what is the core? The core is the center of the universe in terms of your it's physical like the strength. the center of the apple that I throw out when yeah. I've actually eaten one. But the core for a body, we're talking about not just the back. We're really talking about the front too now, right? Right. The group of muscles that really constitute the core would be, uh, surprisingly, our quads, our abs, and that includes the rectus abdominis, the obliques, the transverse. The six-pack for those people the, who have one. The six-pack. Okay. Your glutes, hamstrings, your back extensors. I mean, all of that helps to support the core. In addition to lats and, um, you know, when we – so when, we, when I work with people, it's sort of have them to really engage the core – but you have to do certain things so that they can identify what that feels like, what those muscles are, and then they've got to feel it so that they can engage it before they progress or they move forward with other activities. So step one would be identify, hey, where is your core? And the second step would be identify how it feels when you strengthen it so you can go forward and hopefully do some other activities that you like. Absolutely. Now, a lot of – and so and as a trainer, you make that assessment. It's like – of those, look at their body, see where we we want to assess where the weakness is and, you know, strengthen the weak muscles, uh, stretch the tighter muscles, then really, you know, strengthen the body in general to help support the other activities that we want to do. But core is essential to having for strength and stamina when we're doing any activity and especially with when we're in daily activity. That's my new excuse. I have a weak core. All right. I'm Dr. <laughs> Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Ironman athlete Casey Carlberg. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what are some of the other health challenges people have, diabetes, etc., and how they can really find a way to do activities that won't put them at risk, but will allow them to enjoy something that they are going to even get better at as they do it more often and and yet still improve their fitness. You can join our conversation at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. 
On The Next Humankind, Daniel Goleman, former New York Times brain science correspondent, discusses the importance of having mental focus and how easily we can become distracted. Also, we consider the human capacity for resilience, which allows us to bounce back from challenges. I'm David Freudberg. Join us for Humankind. This evening at 6.30, right after Marketplace. Glasgow is becoming Scotland's centre of culture and architecture, and it's famous for a good time. They'll say in Glasgow you'll have a better time at a funeral in Glasgow than a wedding in Edinburgh. And to see what we've learned from our ancestors, we'll explore ancient sites in Britain and well-preserved Pompeii. Everybody had access, for example, to running water. You didn't have to live in the poshest section of town. It's all on the next Travel with Rick Steves. Tuesday at 4 p.m., following Fresh Air. Aloha. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Casey Carlberg. She is a certified personal trainer. She is also an Ironman athlete, cancer survivor, you name it. She's done it. And we're talking about health challenges and how do you incorporate exercise into your daily routine if you have a problem like arthritis, osteoporosis, diabetes. You know, if you've ever found an activity that really helped with pain that you've experienced now's the time you can share your advice and you know probably help somebody else out along the way you can join us at 941-3689 toll free my neighbor island friends 877-941-3689 now before the break casey we mentioned that there you know there's that core set of muscles people need to strengthen that helps to keep them stable it helps them to progress further with activities, reduce their risk of falls, etc. Let's talk about osteoporosis because that's a big situation for a lot of women. A lot of your clients are women and people are worried as we get older, you know, our bones might not be as strong. We don't want to fall. We don't want to have walkers or canes or other things unless we need them. If someone has osteoporosis, what can they do in particular to really help keep themselves strong? Well, osteoporosis is a particular condition that can be inherited much of the time and also associated with inactivity. And so I just read a statistic that uh, about 3.5% of adults engage in less than 30 minutes of physical activity five days a week, which is the recommendation of the American Council on Sports Medicine. That is the gold standard. So when we have a population that is really inactive and obese and, you know, of course, all these things associated with other chronic diseases, then we have to look at how we can be active with the potential of breaking a bone. And I think that a lot of people are fearful of working out. And they have to remember that with our aging population, you know, baby boomers being our biggest portion of our population, after we turn 50, we lose about 10% of our muscle mass per decade. And that's actually quite a bit. So what we want to do is, is for many people that have a full-blown osteoporosis, it'll be a combination of resistance exercises and nutritional supplements because we've just got to get that calcium in there to rebuild our bone. But one of the best ways is to, as you mentioned, is be active. And so once the osteoporosis has been identified, then you can work with certain activities that will help, like exercise tubing in bands. So initially people are kind of weaker and they're deconditioned, so you want to build that condition back using lighter weights and lighter resistance and then gradually build their strength. 
so they can add more load to the muscle, which will help build bone. So, you know, our bones are only as strong as really they have to be. So, you know, if you're not doing a lot of activity, if you're a couch potato, then, you know, your bones only have to be able to get you up to the bathroom, back to the couch, maybe to the fridge, but you're not putting enough stress on them to make them stronger. So one of the ways to do that you mentioned is resistance. So if people are afraid of weights, they could get some of the resistance bands, they could get some other accessories that they could use so that they don't have to worry, oh, I'm going to injure myself lifting a weight. Is that safer just to use some of the bands to start off with, get yourself started in the process? Absolutely, because then, again, you can add some resistance without putting too much stress on the joints that haven't been used before, then you could build up that resistance. And tubing can be used anywhere. It can be used in your home, in a park. It could be used in the gym. And, of course, when you're in the gym, you have a, a plethora of machines and free weights. And, you know, the fitness industry has just exploded with many functional activity, you know, movements and in, in props and things like that that will help you. But the tubing certainly can be bought at any local sports store and you can keep it on hand even when you travel so there would be no excuse as to not to be consistent with that activity now when you when you look at some of these devices you know the tubes or the foam rollers or some of those sorts of things there's there's not really a whole lot of instruction i mean how do you know how to use it you know, I've I've always wondered if you go ahead and you get something and you say, I'm going to use this latest new device. It's going to be my wonderful ball of everything's going to be flexible now. And then you say you bring it home and you go, well, I don't know what to do with it. I mean, is that one of those situations where it would probably be good? You could bring all of your various pieces of equipment, maybe schedule a session with a personal trainer, have somebody say, here's how you're supposed to use it, not the little picture you see online because you might not be in the same alignment that you think you are. But, you know, is that one of those areas where getting a personal trainer can really help you so that you don't injure yourself? I think that would be the number one reason to really think about engaging someone, a professional, because there is so much information now. You can go on the internet and you can look anything up. And there's little YouTube videos about everything. And there's so many, like you said, there's so many products that you can buy. And I think that's probably the biggest part of people's problems is they have all these things at home, a fitness ball, maybe a treadmill that you know, as we say, is being used as a clothes hanger now. And but it's such a good one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, but we've got to use them. And I think our being educated on the things that you have is really going to make, in the end, keep you safe, prevent injury, and help you to progress in your quest for fitness or increased health and, and building muscle so that you can overcome some of these chronic problems. So, you know, the, I think the same thing applies if you go to a gym, because how many times are there all these new machines and why do they keep changing them? I never understood that because I finally get really good at one of them and it disappears. So <laughs> when you when you go to a gym and there's all these new pieces of equipment and there's these new exercise devices, they go to all these new machines and stuff. What's the best way to learn how to use them? Because I don't think I look like the little the androgynous person that's there <laughs> that says that that's what they're supposed to put my feet. How do you know how to use the machines? Is this another situation where personal training might be helpful? Absolutely, because we go to a gym and you might look at what someone else is doing and say, oh, okay, I can probably do that. Yeah, I watch them and I go, how did they get on that machine? Okay, that's yeah. how you sit on it. 
Now, what else do you do? And what if they're just an idiot and they don't know what they're doing either? I mean, (laughs) God forbid, if anyone ever follows me, look away, people, because I have no clue. So, all right. So, you know, so that's well, and personal trainers offer personalized training for you specifically because we want to look at who you are, what you need, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, how do we, you know, bring you back to balance and how do we get you where you're going and certain exercises will be better to do that than others and just a generic program in general if you are a relatively fit average person, you know, you can probably do and I think everything in books and on, you know, on the internet and so forth is geared toward basically healthy individuals. But we're not all like that and we're all very different. So I think a personalized program from a professional will help you see get the results that you want. It'll help you be more successful and therefore help you to stay motivated to stay on track. Well and I'll tell you, boy, I once was doing this circuit class <laughs> and I was following someone who was like six inches shorter than me. And I seemed to think I could still use the same settings on the machine And that was so not correct. (laughs) I think at every machine, the person who was doing the class stopped and said, nope, nope, you're doing it wrong. I'm like, oh, not again. But it was really educational. It helped me to understand how I was doing something wrong and how you have to set even machines. You have to set them at your right height. You have to know how to put the little things in the places they need to go. Or really, you're just basically doing nothing. You could be injuring yourself. Or like that one machine, I'm like, how come I can do it at the maximum amount of weight? And she's like... Because you're not actually using the right body part. I'm like, oh, darn it, just when I thought I was good. <laughs> All right, well, I'd like to know your exercise secret out there. If you've got a trick, something you learned, or if you found a fitness activity that you enjoy, you can give us a holler at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We've got Larry on the line from Kailua. Larry, welcome to The Body Show. Hello. Hey, great show. Unfortunately, all the people who are feeling guilty about not exercising have tuned you out by now. <laughs> well, but, you know, I sometimes tune myself out, Larry. But talk my to favorite me. cartoon, the thing about not having time to exercise, my favorite cartoon I think I've ever seen is a is an old guy with a pot belly in a doctor's office saying, uh, but I don't have time to exercise 30 minutes a day. And the doctor's saying, well, good, I hope you find time to be dead 24 hours a day. Yeah, I've seen that cartoon, Larry. I hear you. I've seen that one, and it's sort of like shocking and scary, but true. So anyway, thanks for the show. It's great. Well, thanks. Is there anything we can help you with? Or you uh, just not really. I exercise regularly. I, I, I'm a walker because of joints and a lot of other considerations, so I get my, my time in walking four times a week and uh, – now, Larry, how yeah. do you make time for it? Because, you know, here you are, four times a week, you know, you're you're out there, you're doing stuff. What right. is it that gets you to the point where you're able to keep doing it? I mean, are there days when you're like, oh, no, not today, but you well, get yourself out there? How do you do it? Oh, well, see, I've, I'm addicted. I've been doing it for 43 years. I started in college uh, aerobic exercise, reading Dr. Cooper's book, Aerobics. Okay, and, you are addicted. Uh, I've been doing it consistently ever since. And if I stop, I, I'm... I don't feel right, so I have to do it. I'm addicted. Interesting. So you don't feel good when you don't exercise. That's right. right. So so your idea, the reason why you get motivated is because the more you do it, the better you feel. Right. Fantastic. Thanks Definitely. for calling us, Larry. Casey, is that what you hear a lot of folks say? I mean, at first they go, I don't, I can't do it, I can't do it. And then they start doing it and they go, wow, if I don't get in my exercise today, I'm not going to feel as great as I did before before when I used to. So what is that? Is that something you hear? Oh, yeah. People really enjoy the way they feel, the way their body looks. But I think more importantly, you know, the chemicals that get released when we are active 
are similar to those of when we eat chocolate or no. Phew. <laughs> so, really? <laughs> I can get more endorphins walking than chocolate? I'm going to test you on this theory. <laughs> All right. We've got Guy from Lanai. Guy, what do you think? More uh, endorphins eating chocolate or running and walking? What do you think? Um, well, let me tell you. I've been through everything you're talking I'm senior senior citizen, 75, and um, I worked till I was 70, and I've been a runner all my life, but not a heavy runner. Um but one day I woke up and I could hardly move. Ooh. And uh, I couldn't walk, which psychologically was terrible for me because it just limited my my realm of reality. And uh, on Lanai, of course, we don't have the things you're talking about that are in the urban setting. But so I'm just going to give a couple of suggestions. I've been working on this for a year and a half and gone to a chiropractor and some other things. I found a wonderful stretching book. And it's you know deals with stretching and and all you're doing and strengthening your upper core and lower, and all it does is use your body parts. So um, you don't need all the fancy stuff. Yeah, you and just need was, your body. And, and the one I'm going to throw in besides walking because I've given up running at this point, and that's okay as long as I can walk, I'm happy. Um, tai Chi, I I just was intrigued by that and. That slow motion and balancing and those exercises, and I, I'm nowhere. I'm just really starting at the very simple point. But that seemed to have helped me a lot in terms of moving my hip joints and balance and that. So I'll just throw that out as one more little trick. Guy, what's the name of the book you found for stretching and strengthening? I wasn't sure you wanted it. But, um, Why not? Tell I us. Have it I'm right curious. In front of me. Stretching right. and toning. For Flexibility and Definition by Melissa Cosby. And I was walking through a bookstore, and it was on sale for $4, and I said, boy, I think I can use it. <laughs> I guess it's it been a good buy. Be, and I've been doing, you know, I've been doing this my, running my whole life, and it turned out to be the one of the most wonderful books for just getting my flexibility slowly back. And it's taken me almost a year and a half, and I'm still working on it, but it's coming. Oh, Guy, that's totally inspirational. You went from I'm a runner to now I can't walk to now being back to you being walk. a walker and being and I don't have a car, so I walk everywhere. And at some points I could hardly stand for like five minutes and I had to sit down. The, the stress, you know, on those hips and hip flexors were, I was stupid. I just kind of overdid it when I retired. And uh, so now I'm trying to get it. Like I sprung my suspension, and I'm trying to get, <laughs> trying to get a new unsprung. one. Now, Guy, what would you tell somebody who said they were you when you couldn't be walking, when you couldn't even get up? If you knew somebody else in that circumstance, what would you tell them to motivate them to do what you did? Well, man, if, if, not, if not being able to move or not being able to walk suddenly appears in your life, if that's not motivational, you don't I don't know, know what is. would be motivational, <laughs> okay. you know, my my attitude was, uh-uh, uh-uh, not me. I'm not ready for this, and I'm going to find a way to get through it. And uh, I think just serendipitously, I I found uh, found this book, and I started to do it. And I tried swimming. In fact, on Lanai, now that Larry Ellison is over here, he, he opened the swimming pool, but that didn't really help me very much. I mean, now maybe that I'm a little more flexible but I found getting in that water and trying to do exercises in the water 
by the time I got out, I was really fatigued. And just uh, stretching on the floor, doing these stretches, and I do it a couple times a day. I mean, I'm retired, so I have the time to do it, and obviously I'm, I'm determined. But, um, and a little bit of the spinning of, of cycling, but that was a little too much for me at first, and I, maybe I'm working up to that. But I just wanted to throw in, um, don't forget, the, you know, this Tai Chi thing about balance, that was a big thing I didn't have, and I was scared to death I was going to fall. And uh, just doing those exercises, slow exercises, and regaining your balance and flexibility in your hips seemed to help me a lot. Fantastic, Guy. Thanks for calling us and hey, sharing your, your advice. All right. Hello. All right. Bye. Thanks for calling. You know, Casey, he brought, Guy brought up three really important points. The first one was he was determined. We talked about that motivation thing earlier. The second one was he didn't need stuff. You know, for those of us who say, but I can't do it because I don't have stuff, whether it be the bands or whether it be the gym or whatever it might be, hey, you know what? You got feet. You can start walking. You can find your way to a bookstore. You can stretch. And the third thing that I really liked that the guy mentioned is Tai Chi. You know, that's one of those hidden exercises that a lot of us don't necessarily think of as challenging. But you try and move that slow and not fall over, and I'm impressed with you automatically. I mean, those were some amazing pieces of advice from someone who really hit the wall with movement and had to move beyond that. So he's got the motivation. He's got the the stretching and flexibility. Is that another issue? Do we lose our flexibility as we get older? We do. And I think it just is a function of not using our body as much as we used to when we were younger. But I think it's just the way our body changes. And so from my own personal experience, you know, being an athlete all my life, and now that I'm 50, I'm not saying... Well, you're fabulous at yeah. 50. Just own it. <laughs> but okay. um, but I have to do... There's more things that I need to do to take care of myself. I have to stretch more than I used to. And in my 20s, I was like, you know, do the run, whatever, and didn't take as much time. And now as I'm older, certain things crop up. Every once in a while, my knee bothers me. And, you know, I have other, you know, kind of aches and, and pains that aren't significant. But I have to make sure that I do do those stretching now more than ever before. And that helps me. And so now, um, and then hydration. Hydration is huge. If you are dehydrated and you have tight muscles, you that's a combination that could help you, that leads to injury for sure. And so I think that if we just have to really look at our bodies and how they've changed. And so Guy is a perfect example. And I think once you're injured, you it really is a wake-up call. To be like, oh my gosh, I can't do what I want to do or enjoy doing, especially for those really active people. And then it sort of really puts you in a different mode of appreciation and gratitude, but also, you know, you have to get re-motivated to to do what you want to do. Could make you depressed. Absolutely. And I think that's that's one of the big things, especially for athletes who get injured, is moving on from that injury or sickness. And so when we do... Like Tai Chi is a perfect example of something that's low intensity, but actually has very high benefits. I think we think about old people doing it. Like you're in the park and it's usually older, you know, folks that are doing it in the middle of the day or in the middle of the morning and they're going quite slowly. And I think we are so adrenaline, you know. But they know something we don't know. 
Exactly. Life is really not about more, better, more, more, more. It's, it's about, about slowing who gets down. There first, right? Right. You know, the finish line is not a place where you really want to be. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Casey Carlberg. We from Tri Fitness Hawaii. We are talking about how can you get out there and do some activity if you've had health challenges. When we come back, we're going to talk about things like diabetes and high blood pressure. How does that affect your exercise? What do you need to do to take special precautions so you don't get injured, hypoglycemic, etc.? You can join us at 941-3689, toll free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Activities are always more fun when we do them with a friend. Join us for HPR's Plus One New Member Campaign. Recruit just one person to become a new member at the special member referral rate of $25 or more. Then, you and your Plus One are invited to join us for a Pauhana recording party on Friday, February 7th. Visit the support page at hawaiipublicradio.org or call 955-8821 during business hours to participate. And thanks. Levanta poeira. Let's kick up some dust. Join me, Sandy Tsukiyama, and my band, Viva Domingo, Saturday, February 15th at 1144 and Bamboo 2 on Bethel Street downtown. We'll be performing Brazilian and Latin jazz. Ray Cruz will emcee the event and DJ Mr. Nick, host of Bridging the Gap, will be spinning fantastic Latin fusion. Tickets are available at 955-8821 during business hours or at hprtickets.org. Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Casey Carlberg. She is an amazing physical fitness expert. And if you've got a question, you want to know how can you incorporate exercise into your daily routine or what can you do if you have a particular health challenge, this is the time to ask an expert. You can join us at 941-3689. Toll free from our neighbor islands out there, 877 877- Nine four one three six eight nine. Before the break, we were talking with Guy from Lanai, and he was talking about how he got himself motivated to get up and get moving because he was scared to death because he couldn't. Another reason people want to get out there is they sort of have a health challenge. It shocks them and scares them, and then they say, I'm going to change my behavior. Now, what about those folks with things like diabetes or high blood pressure or a history of a heart problem? How does that affect their approach to fitness? And what can they do to be able to continue to exercise but not put themselves in physical danger? Let's talk diabetes first. Well, oftentimes those kinds of conditions are a function of inactivity. If I think about 90% of diabetes is, is related is type 2. So it's related to activity, late onset, adult onset, obesity, and so forth. So we, we really live in an age where we those things can happen. Environment can can cause diabetes. And then we become afraid of activity because we don't know what to do. You know, we don't want to go into diabetic coma. Low sugar, have it go too low, have it go too high. What are our limits? So how do you know these things? Well, then you, when you first get diagnosed, I think it's always wise to go to a counselor, diabetes counselor, to learn how you can regulate. And most often people are on pills when they initially start. And I always say, one of my clients, her husband was diagnosed with diabetes, and immediately they changed diet and started working out. And we never want those types of things to limit us on our workout. So knowledge is key here. It's learning what you need to do to take care of yourself. And that's going to be a lot of 
hit and miss and experimentation, but physical activity and nutrition are number one in helping stave off the symptoms of diabetes, help you get off of the medication if it's been sort of not a, you weren't born with diabetes as it were, and also too, to be fitter and stronger helps build that immune system. And again, when we do get ill and we have other complications associated with it, we'll be better capable of handling that. Don't wait until you have diabetes to learn how to exercise. But if you do, make sure that you eat during an extenuating exercise activity or have a snack with you or something so you don't get the super low sugars. Is that something else you should do? Yes, and you want to have those carbohydrates right before your activity so that when you start working out and you start burning that you know, loaded muscle of glycogen stores, then you're going to need to have those extra sugars with you. And then, of course, take care that you're hydrating sufficiently. And then post-workout, that you're eating recovery food and things that'll help you not only recover, but also to help build the energy for the next workout. When you're diabetic, it's not about, I'm going to burn all the sugar in my body and not put any in. It's really about, I'm going to give my body the fuel it needs to do an activity so I get stronger, better at it, can do this more often, and progress forward. Exactly. And we want our body to function more appropriately. So when we're when we're overweight and when we're in out of shape, it takes us it takes our heart a lot to to pump the blood and it makes it harder. It sure. makes it harder Absolutely. to work out. And so when we first start, we're discouraged because it is so challenging. We're breathless, we're sore, we're all those things. And I think what I try to tell my clients is you have to be patient. You didn't arrive in this state just overnight. overnight. So you have to be patient with yourself and set smaller goals and really be consistent. And what I always say is persistent consistency because when you are consistent, then you want to maintain some level of fitness. Your consistency will help you maintain, uh, again, if you're, if you're eating regularly, if you're hydrating, if you're getting enough sleep, it helps to stabilize our mood because the things we eat and how we take care of ourselves and lack of sleep and stress really affect our mood. And when that comes into play, really it's hard to wrangle a tiger. <laughs> it's hard to get out of that cycle. Yeah, You really is. have to figure out a way to, to break that cycle of I'm eating something which doesn't make me feel good, so I lay on the couch so I'm not exercising, and then I'm eating something that doesn't make me feel good and kind of go along that path. All right, we've got a caller. We've got Jason on the line from Kahului. Jason, welcome to The Body Show. Hello. I, I had a couple of lessons that I've learned about exercise over the years, and uh, I can give you a short list if you want. Great. Give me a list. The first one is probably go do the exercise. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, for motivation, this is just an aside. Okay. For motivation, if being healthy isn't enough motive, then I don't know what is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that just about says it all. Uh, okay, but lessons. Uh, one, exercise is hard work. There's no way around that. It's hard work. I mean, if, if it's easy and fun and simple, then you're not really exercising, at least not very hard, uh, enough, to do it, enough to do very much good. Uh, second lesson, the best part about exercise is when you finish, but first you've got to do the work. And the third one would be uh, oh, exercise is what you do every day, whether you feel like it or not. So no excuses, no holds barred. You're not taking any prisoners. You do it, and that's just it's what you do. what you do. It's your job. It's your work. You give it a priority. It's your work. You do it. 
you know, you give up a little, uh, a little bit of TV time with your sitcom, or you give up a little Twitter time. But what's more important, your health or uh, tweeting somebody? Uh, All right, Jason. If somebody tells me tweeting someone, I'm going to say, go find Jason and Kahalui. <laughs> Because he's going to tell you, no, it's not. It's not yeah, about the tweet. It's, it's just a matter of priority. Uh, another one is exercise is not what you did yesterday or what you're going to do tomorrow. It's what you do today. Oh, my God. You got me smiling. That's kind of funny. Well, oh, I'll do I, it I tomorrow. So but yeah, talking about their friends. Well, my friend, he runs marathons. Like somehow that's giving them exercise, you know, that, that person that says it. No, you know, it's not it's not what your friend does or what your what your family does. It's what you do every day. All right, Jason, words from the wise. Well, I don't know how wise they are, but uh, anyway, they're lessons that I uh, try to apply. You know, they're wise, I'll tell you. They're wise. Casey, he's wise. They're wise, Jason. Absolutely. Well, well I hope they help. Thank well, you thank much. you very much for for calling us. You're welcome. And uh let's let's I love that. Don't no excuses. It's what you do today, not yesterday. Not tomorrow, not what your friend did. It's what you did today. All right, I'm in trouble. We've got Sarah on the line from Manoa. Sarah, welcome to The Body Show. Hello, how are you? Great. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm calling also with a little suggestion. I'm somebody who kind of works out in phases. So I will work out and work out for a race or something six days a week. And then I go through phases where I just... You know, eat pasta and chocolate for several months at a time. Sarah, you're like my buddy. So, Call me next time you're in the pasta chocolate mode. Yeah. Right, right. We all know that zone. Um, but I, I have a really hard time motivating myself to get out and go. And so this actually ties in with the last caller, I think, finding a community. So if you're not somebody who works out, then it's likely that your friends don't either. Um, so I actually went to Casey's boot camp with, um, with Tri Fitness and it's amazing, you know, when you find people who are also working out and you develop that community. So it's really worth it. And there are people who are waiting for you, who are expecting you to show up and who are happy when you're there. And it's really, it's a healthy environment and a new, you know, a new friendships being developed around a healthy activity. So, so that's my suggestion. Isn't it funny? Like you would totally, you would, you would go ahead and disappoint yourself. But if you know you have to come meet up with Casey or with some other members of boot camp, you know they know where you live, and you know you better get there. <laughs> it's something about that, Sarah. What do you think, Casey? That whole, you know, if you don't show up and you're already part of this boot camp and you're not going to get here, you're in trouble. Oh, that's very true. I thought that voice sounded familiar. <laughs> um, that is, it's so awesome because what we try to promote is that social community of working out and um, bring women together of like minds and and like Sarah, you know, it's hard to motivate yourself when you're by yourself. But when you know people are waiting for you, you ha- you develop that accountability. And I always tell them, if you don't show up, we're going to talk about you. So you might as well. Yeah, you're either the subject of gossip or <laughs> you're here to defend yourself. That's another good way. All right, Sarah, so your, your idea was boot camp. Yes, absolutely. Right. Boot camp and uh, finding other people to work out with. Fantastic. Love that. Make it social. Well, thanks so much for calling us today and sharing your secret. We've got somebody else on the line. We have B from Kailua Kona. B, you have a secret for us? Hi, ladies. I don't know if I have a secret. I want to thank you for what you do. Um, certainly reiterating what your callers have said, but my situation is um, kind of probably strange to a certain degree because I have a childhood injury 
that um, was probably never, you know, properly uh, diagnosed, perhaps even neglected. Um, but I had the experience with physical therapy where, you know, I was sent to a physical therapist and, like, not enchanted. Like, you know, it was a one visit. I had different coverage at the time. And you know, I made the attempt. But then I had different coverage and I went to a different physical therapist, and like pretty much in a word, I would say that I'm so glad that I didn't like, you know, get turned off and be like, well, that physical therapist, so I don't want to do that, because the second physical therapist, you know, without like being, uh, you know, condescending towards the other therapist or whatever, she showed me how to do things like in a proper fashion that really did benefit, and was, you know, that in itself motivated me, although I should continue with it because it's like a weird, I had a large stone fall on my hip. And so you can't really see it on an MRI. You can't really see it on an X-ray. And one of my coworkers mentioned nerves, so I should probably go back. But it does help that, you know, with the stretching. And I think that, you know, just psychologically, the second physical therapist made such a difference. You know, was it because you got to see some progress? What is it that made the second physical therapist really reach you on that psychological level that the first one didn't? Was it something they said? uh, Kathleen, I think the the second physical therapist is that she would like listen to me. And I do a lot in the pool. You know, it's Kona. Kona's beautiful and sunny and hot, you know. And so in the pool, and I would mention to her, well, I go to the pool, you know, because I, I don't think I'm that much of a sedentary person. I love the garden. I've always been active. Um, and she was able to, like, incorporate for me things I could do on my own in the pool, you know. And she, and like I say, she didn't just go and say, oh, you know, the other physical therapist told you blah, 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 in a negative fashion. You know, she just took that same exercise, like when say you're laying on your back and you want to curl your, you know, curl up to exercise that core, I probably have the core. The hip was the injury part of the core, and the core is probably really weak. But just because she showed me the proper way to make sure that I was bringing my spine up, you know, rather than just doing it like abruptly, and she was very thorough, I guess I could say in the world, and caring, thorough, caring, you know. And that made all the difference. Long-winded answer to your question. (laughs) Okay. But that made all the difference for you. Feeling like you were a partner in this therapy sounded like it worked better than if you were just a student having to do something without the teacher listening. It really did. I mean, it really did. And it wasn't, you know, I mean, maybe just the personality of the therapist, but initially what, you know, saying to you ladies, like, I appreciate what you do. And I think that if a person had an experience where, you know, they felt like one therapist wasn't really helping them. Maybe it's not even that situation. Maybe it's just the, you know, the, uh, what would you call it? The like a personality mismatch. Between sure. two different people. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a really good word to the wise bee. Don't give up. If, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. All right, bee. Thanks so much from Kailua Kona for sharing that. Casey, so people who say, all right. I've heard this show. I want to get out there. I want to do some exercise. There's lots of events out there that they can join. What are some ways that they can find you or find boot camp or find 
personal training? How do you find out where these things are in the islands? You've got a website. What's some of that information? Well, uh, we have a website, but I think uh, we, we have, there's a magazine called Hawaii Sport Magazine, and it lists uh, many of the activities that go on the island, swims, runs, triathlons, bike events, and so forth, uh, adventure races, people rolling around in the mud. I mean, there's a little bit of something for everyone, and I think that might be a, a place to, to look. And also, you might ask your friends, what are they doing? See someone who is really happy with their their exercise activity or their group of people that they're working out with and really use word of mouth because that's what Hawaii is really all about is is we can get in touch with things through our friends and through people that are seeing success and really enjoy it. If you don't want to do a race, if you don't want to sign up for a 5K or a 10K or you just don't necessarily feel that that's something you want to do yet, you can also do personal training sessions. You can get a bunch of your friends to do it with you. Can you do something like that, like schedule your own group class with a trainer and have them work with you so that you can say, okay, today we're all going to learn how to do whatever, and we'll get four and five of us together of my best buds, and we'll go do this as a group. Absolutely. I work with a, a group now, and it's boot camp, and they're just training to be fit and to enjoy life and for their health. And I think that time that they spend together is – is really important, and it's important for their lives, and it's important for their social so, and a social outlet. And they're also taking time for themselves. And I think that moment of time that that you take for yourself really gives back dividends. And so, as a personal trainer, I can do. I love to work with people individually and in small groups. And I think small groups are really good because that's when you get that energy that people bring to the table when you have people together, and they know when you're missing. Exactly. And they know where to find you. <laughs> so the small group atmosphere works as well. Okay. Well, if people wanted to go to your website, what is it? What can Where can we tell them to go? You can go to tryfitnesshawaii. That's T-R-Y, fitnesshawaii.com. And so there they can find out all sorts of information. You have an upcoming 5K. Where is that? We put on the TriFitness Women's 5K in Keiki One Mile, and that's over at Waterfront Park, Kakako. And it's a beautiful location right there on the boardwalk of Waterfront Park. And it's on a glorious morning. It will be February 2nd. And coming up. It's coming up this weekend. And I, I tell people, what did the Super Bowl and the 5K have in common? They're both on the 2nd. And you can go work out and then enjoy your Super Bowl activities later in the afternoon. All right. I was trying to think, what do the Super Bowl and, <laughs> and the 5K have in common? Well, I don't like the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going to have to motivate myself for the 5K. All right, Casey, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show. If you want to find out more about athletic events, you can always go to tryfitnesshawaii.com. You can also look at the Hawaii Sport Magazine. There's lots of events out there, things that pretty much anybody who has any interest can find another group, find some activities, and enjoy. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on Facebook. Our engineer is David Chong. Our executive producer, Beth Ann Kozlovich. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week. We're going to talk about some more health topics Monday at 5, right here on The Body Show.